Animal House was released in 1978, but it was the most influential movie of the 80s. It was fresh and hilarious, the best college comedy of all time, and with its success, birthed the sex comedy that quickly evolved into the teen sex comedy. It promoted wild, reckless, and irresponsible as what it meant to be cool. As well as misogynistic and disrespectful. This is 80s Movie Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Animal House is about the lives of fraternity members of Delta House in 1962. It's really just about a frat house just trying not to grow up. A bunch of guys trying not to grow up. Yeah, exactly. It's really about define authority, all the authority figures. And I feel like that movies before this... In general, I mean, there are always some, but they're like in general, there's still like a respect for, you know, parents and institutions and certainly the military. But given that this came out at a time when Vietnam was over and everybody was super angry about it, and you had a lot of guys who, and a lot of guys, a lot of uh, citizens of America were just very disillusioned with. Uh, the army with the government, you know, we were this post Watergate. And so this idea of just flipping the bird at all institutions and all authority is exactly what Animal House is about. I mean, the thing that I, the thing about Animal House is we get the 80s and we actually get what's going on right now with Me Too and all of these areas in which we're, we're realizing that, uh, uh, you know, that, that that people mistreat each other or treat them sort of flippantly or superior. And it all comes from the 80s, but it really all comes down to Animal House. And I think that if Animal House had existed just on its own, just as a, uh, you know, if it wasn't the hit that it was, because it was so good, because it was such a big hit, it inspired other films, you know? <laughs> so the thing is about this, about Animal House is it, it trashes everybody, yeah. you know? It leaves no stone unturned. In fact, Karen Allen had said, uh, I don't think there could be a more politically incorrect film. The only thing you can say about it is that it's politically incorrect across the board. There are so many political incorrectnesses. All you can do is throw your hands up and say, they spared no one. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Yeah, it is. I don't know. It's all over the place. The entire film. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, this is the thing. The the title tells us these guys are animals. It's clear. They're the worst of the worst. This is not who you want to emulate. But at the same time, the way the film's done, they're the heroes. And we're rooting for them. And that's actually the problem. That's how it winds up impacting future generations. Because then, because this movie's so successful, then we start making other movies that are similar. Because that's what Hollywood does. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, that works. Let's make more of those. And then in doing so... You know, there. Well, let's go through some of the some of the issues with the film. But really, what happened was there is, in some cases, some responsibility, or you, the viewer, get that what they're doing is so outrageous and so wrong, and not something you should necessarily emulate. It's really as these ideas go from film to the next film to the next film, as copycats come along, that it becomes in our psyche as society, that it's okay to act this way, or we should act this way, or it's funny to be like this, and, and that's the issue. Um, what is, so to you, what was the thing that stuck out to you the most about just, like, the outrageousness and wrongness of Animal House? 
I just thought they hit every single thing, pretty much. Like, all the wrong things that are in 80s movies. But also, they hit every single, like, sexual harassment case there is. Or, like, woman yeah. stuff. Like, we even have the woman cheating on him, like, in the end. So they have that, and then they also have, um, at the end, how... What's, I don't remember any of their names, but the big guy. Um, Bluto. Bluto. When he grabs the girl and just just drives off. Right. <laughs> like, just takes off like that when he's looking at her through the window and he's like a peeping Tom. Um, they have, like, the girl wanting to do it for the guy, but the guy's, like, even the guy's not even responding to it, like, when they're jacking him off in the yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. Like, they got, like, every single aspect of, like, sexual harassment and... For sure. Or, or, like, sexual ways with women. Well, let's talk about Bluto, okay? So, obviously, Bluto is this, you know, obnoxious, you know, slob, you know, just seems to care about nothing, but he continually is the one who's pushing this, um... Uh, you know, this these women are just here to be taken sort of mentality to the point where he literally just takes a woman. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, he, he, we see him at the beginning, right? He's a peeping Tom. He climbs up the ladder. He's watching the girls pillow fight naked, which, like, I'm sorry, doesn't happen. And no. that's a, that's an idea that's perpetuated in movies. Girls do, like, maybe there'd be a pillow fight. But we wouldn't be naked. That you'd never be naked. <laughs> like, that's, women don't do that. <laughs> we don't take showers together in high school or in, like, we don't do that. We don't all get naked and just wander around naked all the time in front of each other. And we certainly don't uh, get into pillow fights. Sorry to burst your bubble. Um <laughs> But yeah, so you know, there's so he's doing the PP Tom. Then of course, um, Babs. No, it's wait. Who does no. he have a crush on? It's Mandy. Yeah, yeah. So Mandy comes in, and so he you know hops to the next window and, and watches she her. Gets naked and oh, starts masturbating while looking out the window. Right, and because again that happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's definitely under the sheets. Of, like who stands there? I don't understand that. Yeah, in a lit room, right, with and the window open, just looking at the moon. Yeah, thinking about yeah. <sighs> The moon's so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, we're supposed to feel okay with it because he winds up falling and, you know, hitting his head, so ha-ha. Uh, but it does continue throughout the film. Dis- disrespectful. The thing with the zit is funny. He's obviously being disrespectful to the more established fraternity members and to the women. And then at the end, then, of course, he just he just swings down and takes Mandy and throws her in a car and steals a car, and she's okay with it. She likes it. Yay! <laughs> so what she wanted all along and so he's not the only one who has this sort of women are just there to be taken um you know otter treats mandy the same way they had some sort of dalliance at one time and she doesn't want to have anything to do with him anymore she's not into him he sits down next to her and he's like oh let me buy you a chocolate milk you know or whatever milk and she has one let me buy you this she has one well can i just massage your thighs while you eat and she, the whole time she's been asking him, please leave, please go away, I don't want to be with you, and he just continues and continues and harasses her. Exactly. You know? But again, it's oh-ha-ha, because ha, Otter is the big hero of all of them, of the film, because he's so clever and he's so funny and, you know, the leader of the and group. And charming and everything. The way Otter mistreats all women, 
like the lie. I mean, but let me just say something. Like, yes, it's funny. It is funny. Yeah. You know, we're not like saying it's not funny. It is funny. But you know, the way he comes on to Dean Wormer's wife, and and it, the the lie he tells to the girls. Um, that's the yes, yes. He when he says, "Oh, my fiance." Yeah, like, she's dead. Oh. Well, the biggest issue that I have with that is actually, you know, so I have an issue with the way they treat the girls, obviously, that he lies to them. But then we get to the, um, you know, the the black populated club. And I have all kinds of problems with that. Okay, so we're going to start with the fact, we'll just go into racism really quick. That they walk in, <laughs> and then they're clearly like, we're the only white people here. We're going to die. You know, that assumption. And they're sort of pushing forward this idea that, Black people are dangerous and scary and only there to hurt you. So to the point where they come and they tower over the uh, guys and their dates and they said, we want to dance with your dates. And then the guys wind up saying, sure, you can have them. And Mm -hmm. then so we think they think that they're dangerous and scary, but they leave the girls with them in the middle of nowhere and they drive off one of them doesn't even have her shirt on and yeah. just abandons them which you know if you follow their train of thought they're leaving them to be raped i mean you know like it's it's so out it's so like outrageously awful i yeah. i can't even like that to me of all the scenes i think is the worst yeah and then you had some thoughts on dean Wormer's wife though didn't you um I just thought it was super weird how, like, she first was like, no, that's never going to happen. And then all of a sudden she just, like, slams it. She gets hammered and just slams into another car while going walking <laughs> into the fraternity house and, like, let's go. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're ready. Well, there's a lot of drinking and driving yes. in the film as well. Like, this is part of we're disrespectful, we don't care, nothing matters to us. Uh, attitude that that happens throughout the film, but she's but drinking and driving is certainly a part of it. But I don't drinking and driving wasn't really as aggressively um, prosecuted until the until the eighties uh, and maybe even the mid eighties. I mean, if you watch some of these old like summer school and some of these films that are take place in the current era, you see like mad posters in the back. I mean, it's something that. Mothers Against Drunk Driving really started pushing in the 80s and making an issue that people became aware of because before that, cops would say, hey, you know, and they might they might give you the breath test or test you and they'd be like, okay, you don't seem that bad. If you just live over the... Okay, drive home, <laughs> but then you got to stay there. I mean, they would let you drive home after establishing that you've had too much to drink, but you're not, like, so bad. Um, it's just, like, so much work to have to take their car, give them a DUI, <laughs> but now, since they get paid to do it, <laughs> now they're just giving them out left and right. Yeah, and then we also see, right, like, they, they, they go out, they've borrowed um, Flounder's brother's car, and they're, you know, and they have beer cans everywhere, and they're drinking, they have open containers while they're driving, and I mean, I'm telling you that even in the early 90s in Texas, they had drive-through beer barns, like where you could just drive through and get it. And even then, even after they started, you know, not having open container laws, they're in Texas. I remember this because I lived in Houston. There was even a drive-in, like a Sonic kind of thing, where you would drive in and you could order beer. So you'd be in your car, ordering a beer, drinking the beer in your car, and that was okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is this is a newer um, 
awareness, just like all of this is, that none of this is okay. What other things left out to you as being problematic? Um, they steal a horse and it dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, the funny thing about the scene is, is that, that they, they didn't, weren't even trying they, to do it. They didn't intend to do that, and so then it goes too far. But still, it's hard to imagine you, you would even put that in a movie now. But even then, you know, after they lose the house... Um, they're pulling a cow out, you know, yeah. like, and you're like, what was the cow in the house for? I mean, you see that in Bachelor Party later on, um, Tom Hanks movie, which we haven't watched because we're watching this and this. Now we'll start watching the sex comedies and I, you needed to see this one first mm-hmm. to totally understand. But yeah, in, um, in Bachelor Party, I believe it's a goat that they have just at the party. You're like, well, what's that for? Well, every fraternity kind of thing that I've seen, they always seem to have, like, a random animal. Mm-hmm. Like, whether it's a goat or a sheep or cow or a pig <laughs> or maybe a dog, maybe a type of bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they like to have it there just roaming during the parties. Yeah. that From what I've seen, if uh, I can't remember what the show's called but there's like a net- show on netflix it's a football fraternity show oh is that like kentucky no. state or uh, it? yeah it's a um, blue mountain state blue mountain state yeah. yes blue mountain state they do that i'm pretty sure and i think it dies no it hangs itself or oh no <laughs> <laughs> so stupid well yeah i mean you know again this movie's called animal house so the idea that they would do that the idea is that they're like obnoxious and that they're animals so maybe having a cow somewhere in their fraternity house it's just so ridiculous and over the top so larry who of course is the sweetest you know the sweetest character um he you know meets this girl who works at the supermarket and invites her to the party now she willingly gets hammered she's he's not pushing in that on her Mm-mm. she's drinking And, uh, you know, and then she goes up to his room, and she is the one encouraging him all the way. And they get up there, and they're making out, and she takes her bra off and passes out. Mm -hmm. And he has this debate, right? The angel and the devil. Mm -hmm. Should I have sex with her, or should I not? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Should I low-key rape her, or should I not? (laughs) Yeah, and the devil's like, you know she wants it, she wants it, you know, and and the angel's like, no, it's not the right thing to do. And he winds up going with the right thing to do, but then the devil in him says, homo, remember? (laughs) Yes. So there's an insult. It's insult. It's like there's an insult to your masculinity for doing the right thing. There must be. You have to be homosexual, which of course is an insult. Then you know to not want to rape a girl. Right. And the thing about that is, and we'll we'll sideline this conversation because there's more obviously to Larry's story. <laughs> but um, uh, but you know what happens through '80s films is that that moment starts to become okay. So the idea is she's choosing to drink, and then later when he goes to her house saying, hey, I never got to say goodnight to you properly, and he's still courting her, you know, still trying to date her because he likes her, um, she's saying, oh, you know, let's go, you know, like basically I don't want to drink, but you'll get lucky anyway, you know, and kind of puts that out there. But in the 80s, you start to see where men are plying girls with drinks, which they're willingly taking, but they're plying them with alcohol so that they'll get drunk, 
so that they'll have sex with them. Right. Or maybe they'll drink too much, whatever the case. And you just see that play out as, you know, from basically this is 78. So by 1984, which I would say is the height of these movies, uh, you know, it's, it gets super rapey. And you've got, like, things where they go to give them Spanish fly or they're finding different ways to trick the women into having sex with them. So it's no longer so consensual, you know, in that, uh, that, that women are, like, equal partners. So now it's just about tricking them and how can I get you to have sex with me. Now, Larry later on... You know, after he approaches her, he goes, and they're, like, messing around on the football field. And, you know, and he makes a confession. He confesses that he's a virgin, and she says, that's okay, so am I. And, by the way, I have another confession to make. I'm 13. (laughs) And then it's clear that they still have sex, because when we see them again, they're talking to the parents saying, we have to get married now. Yeah. Here's the boy who molested me, and now we have to get married. So right. that's the implication is they had sex, even though she's 13, mm-hmm. and he knew that ahead of time. But ha-ha, you know. It's funny. It's funny. Boys will be boys. It's okay. <laughs> um, all right, what other, what, what other things can you think of with the film that you were, you were uh, raised an eyebrow for you? The um, white boy frat, the one with all the snoots, when they're slapping like initiation is like slapping them oh is like give me another please. yeah thank you sir may I have another thank you sir may I have another <laughs> it hurts yeah that that's the kind of hazing that they're getting there um so one thing that you told me about was about greg and you asked if greg who dated mandy and then babs makes a play for him later you know kind of a pretty blonde fraternity member right um uh, uh he you know you uh, you wondered if he was if they were trying to imply that he was gay yeah it's it, it seems like he's gay i mean he's he's just talking to these girls and they're just like going at it with gloves on i don't know it's just like <laughs> yeah he's like a germaphobe or yeah. they're a germaphobe or something like that and he's then he's not getting you know turned on <laughs> I, I think that the idea isn't that he's gay i i mean you know, I think that what they're trying to get at is that, you know, he's not interested in having sex and maybe he's asexual. Maybe this was just like so before it's time that he just wasn't into it. Or maybe he's just follows. Uh, I mean, you know, he said he didn't want to have sex. But the idea of the film, I think, is less whether he's gay or what's going on with him and more that there's something wrong with him that he wouldn't want to. You know, so but you a man having a choice and deciding and being more selective and, uh, you know, that there's there's something wrong with you. You know, there there he's not normal. He's not right. You have two women throwing themselves at you. Why wouldn't you do it? Obviously, there's something wrong with you. Right. And we're going to laugh at you because of that. Um, the college professor is another interesting thing mm-hmm. um, that Kiefer, no, sorry, Kiefer Sutherland's dad, Donald Sutherland, plays. And so, just so you know, Rye, at this point, almost everybody in Animal House was not famous at the point when they made this movie. Um, John Belushi was on Saturday Night Live, so he was well-known. Tim Matheson, who plays Otter, he had been in a lot of stuff, so people knew him. And then they need, But they needed a big name for the film. They need You always have to have like somebody to help right. you sell the film. Right. So they basically talked Donald Sutherland into coming in, because he doesn't have very many scenes, so he could mm-hmm. do it really short and just like come in and knock it out and get out of town. Uh, and so that's how they, they, they got him to do it. Um, there's a couple of things with him. One is... I th- <laughs> One, him smoking pot and giving it to his kids. 
Yeah. Her students. Right, right. I mean, it's interesting because at the beginning, the one time we see him teaching, he's teaching about Paradise Lost. And and he says it's about the struggle between good and evil. The most intriguing character was Satan, was Milton, the author, trying to tell us that being bad was more fun than being good. And I think that is actually the thesis for Animal House. That makes sense. Of what they're trying to get at. So he's sort of putting it out there of what the the uh, theme of the whole film is. And then he gives them pot, right? And so this is supposed to be 1962. So smoking pot, we haven't even got to the late 60s yet, you know, where yeah. everybody was lighting up. So the idea that most of them hadn't smoked pot and the fact that Boone had and Katie was like, what? And he's like, there's lots of things about me you don't know, you know? But that was shocking and that a professor would be the one to offer that to you. That's sort of him being like Satan, like he wrote on the yeah. on the um, board. And then later, of course, he sleeps with Katie, mm-hmm. you know, sleeps with his student, even Katie, you know, even our most wholesome Character. character, the one who's trying to get these guys to grow up, like even she, you know, turns on them. But I did want to tell you a little story. So John Landis surprises, throws this on Karen Allen, okay, who's a very young actress who's, you know, been doing theater, hasn't done a film before, that he wants her to uh, show her butt. He wants to film her naked, you know, from the backside. And she doesn't want to do it. And he's insisting, and she doesn't want to do it. And so the compromise, how they solve the problem, which she sees as being, like, really positive, is that Donald Sutherland said, if she has to show her butt, then I will show mine. Mm -hmm. And then we get that really funny scene where he reaches up for the cereal or the coffee cup or whatever it is, and we see his naked butt, and it's funny, right? Right. Um, Whereas, but, but was seeing her naked butt funny like what there was no reason for it right it didn't add anything no there was no need to she could have just walked out with an oversized sweat uh, t-shirt would have gotten the same exact or even an underwear Yeah, yeah exactly and so i think you know karen allen has said that she felt like well if this big movie star donald sutherland is willing to you know show his backside, then I guess I can too. But that, to me, is still how women, young women, who are new in their careers, are often tricked, pers- yeah, tricked in, in to do things that they don't really want to do, you know, with their bodies or whatever, because they're told, well, look, this is what the professionals do. This is what, you know, if you want to make it, this is what we do. And wow, this big movie star who's a guy is willing to do it, then why can't I do it? But I, I just see it as another, like, ooh, it's icky. Yeah. And you're right, it added nothing. And really, most of these things, most of the time when you see these movies, like the nudity adds nothing, except for the fact that nudity was hard to get your hands on at this time unless you wanted to go buy a nudie magazine or go sit in a porn theater. True. Now, you know... How awkward would a porn theater be? That's disgusting. I know. It's really disgusting. Oh my God, that's so gross. I know. They have cleaners, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they brought their own tissues for that. Oh, God. (laughs) It's nasty. It is nasty. That's where we're going to end, I think. Um, (laughs) um, All right. So, again, I just want to say about Animal House that it is hilarious. It is so funny, and that's why it holds up. It's so great, and it's so original. It was the original film, and it's only problematic overall with its impact on society because of how good it was and that everyone tried to copy their formula. Right. And then in doing so, they didn't quite under they didn't quite get the balance right 
They and didn't just... understand the theme. They didn't hear <laughs> what Donald Sutherland said <laughs> in the beginning. And so they just kind of continue propagating this idea, and it gets worse and worse with every, like, copycat. And that's basically the, the, the deal. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. This is 80s Movies, A Guide to What's Wrong with Your Parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. And you can find us on social media at 80s Movie Guys. You know, you make your own. Bye. Bye.